0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Extra Point podcast for today. Really glad you've joined in. I'm Todd Stiles, one of the pastors at First Family Church. Today is Tuesday, February the 9th, and uh, I'm excited to spend just a few minutes with you again, providing some extra insight, some bonus material in regards to our text from last Sunday. In fact, last Sunday, we concluded a multiple-week journey through the first 14 verses of Ephesians 1, and within those first 14 verses, of course, there are no imperatives. It is simply a beautiful uh, doxology of all that God has blessed us with in Christ. And then, of course, in reading that, we are left with an astounding view of God, and um, in all of his greatness and vastness, you know, there are several things listed in there that he has done for us in Christ, such as uh, chosen us, predestined us, adopted us, redeemed us, sealed us, and we spent multiple weeks on, on some of those. And, and so it's just been a, a beautiful few months to just um, gaze at the loveliness and awesomeness of God. However, one unintentional danger may be to start thinking that God is a complex being, when in reality, uh, God is actually a simple being. In fact, there is actually a doctrine called the simplicity of God. And I want to take a few minutes in this podcast just to kind of walk you through that It'll be just—it'll not even be a scratch of the surface, all right? But it'll be just a way for us to to help understand more about all that's involved in Ephesians 1. Now, here's what I don't mean when I say that we shouldn't think of God as complex. I'm not saying that we can understand everything about God, or that He's easy to understand, or that we uh, fully uh, grasp— everything about his being, his essence, or his attributes. I'm not saying that at all. Um, the Old Testament does clarify for us that his ways are not our ways. Um, they're higher than the heavens are above the earth. And we would agree with Paul of the New Testament that when we think about all of God's actions throughout the redemptive history, um, it is unsearchable. And you know who can— uh, fathom all it is up to. So we're not saying that God uh, is easy, but we are saying this, that that God in his essence as a being isn't complex, or we'll use the word compounded. He's not the collection of many parts. What he is instead is a simple being. In other words, he is just one essence, uh, the simplicity of God speaks to his unity, um, that he is one being. You know, the Israel, Israel was uh, commanded to uh, worship the Lord their God, for he is one. So when we speak of the simplicity of God, uh, juxtaposed against the complexity of God, all we're simply saying is that God is a single, unified being neither are we saying in asserting his simplicity that, you know, he's uh, like a simpleton, (laughs) okay, or like this uh, low on the totem pole kind of um, mentality uh, or person uh, that he's somewhat, you know, slow uh, in regards to, to those things. Not at all. That's not how we mean simplicity. All we're saying is that God isn't you know the the result of many things compounding together he is one in essence and one in being let me give you some practical ways to understand this because i think this will help us understand more about Ephesians 1 and when we think about all that god has done for us in christ it's not that it's not as though god were bringing various parts into his being things that that he felt he needed and so he brought these things into his being and then did them no, they were already uh, within who he is. So, for instance, we often say that that God is love. And oftentimes, people will want to rank God's attributes. And so they sometimes will say his holiness is his greatest attribute, or they'll say his love is his greatest attribute. Or there are folks who will say his wrath or his justice is his greatest attribute. And the sense you get is that they, they rank those, and they, and they appear to be as It appears to be as if God is using one at the exclusion of another or that he's operating in a certain part of his being while not operating in another part. You see, that makes God to be complex or compound, and that is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a simple or a single unified being. So when we say that God is loving, we are also saying that God is justly loving or when we say that God is just, we are saying that God is lovingly just. When we say that God is holy, we're saying that he is lovingly holy or that he is justly holy. And we could pick any of his attributes, his faithfulness, um, his transcendence. And we would say God is transcendently holy. God is holyly transcendent. God is Uh, justly faithful. He's faithfully merciful. You know, pick any of your attributes. God does not operate in different parts or segments. He is not the compounded effect of all these attributes. No, God is, at all times, everything that He has. He's one simple, singular being. And this is why we assert and have for years at First Family That when God is um, displaying His wrath, He's displaying His wrath in a perfectly loving and just and holy manner. Or when God is displaying His love, He's displaying His love in a perfectly holy, just manner. In other words, there is not a single attribute that God exhibits that is set apart from or distinct from other attributes. They all work together um in god's essence he is what he has and so when the bible speaks of god in this way saying that god is light or that god is holy or that god is love or that god is a consuming fire those are all direct quotations from scripture we don't need to rank them we don't need to try to keep them distinct or see them as operating in competition no They are all part of God. He is a simple being exercising every bit of every attribute in perfect unity, harmony, at the same time. Because everything that God has is everything that God is. His essence and His attributes are um, one in the same. That's what we mean by the simplicity of God. And so when you read Ephesians 1... And you see all these beautiful things that God has done for us in Christ, all of these actions that stem from who He is. Try not to think of God as a pie. Like, well, here's 5% of God that is related to His choosing. Here's 10% of God that's related to His predestining. Here's 30% of God that's related to His redeeming. Now, that's the wrong way to think of God. That's a compounding or a complex view of God. Instead, Think of God in a simple way, that God is all of those things at all times in perfect harmony and unity. Now, as I've said, I've not even scratched the surface of this uh, long-held orthodox doctrine. Um, And so I want to warn you, there are some who would have some issues with the simplicity of God. There is some debate about to what extent this is carried and perhaps all that it means. And I believe there is some distinction when it comes to the life of Jesus, God incarnated, and how this fleshes out. I won't go into that on this podcast. I just want you to be aware, if you were to search out more about the simplicity of God, there is some current debate and has been some debate between different camps on maybe the far-reaching effects of this or even the extent of it. I just want to assure you that even... With that on the um, you know in play with some of that disagreement in play, there is still fundamental unity that God is one unified, single, and we would say simple being, who does not operate in segments or with competing interest or parts, but instead operates as uh, all of His attributes, which uh, in one that those are His essence, and so He is a simple singular. Unified being. And it is this God who has blessed us so richly in Christ, uh, chosen us, predestined us, adopted us, redeemed us, and sealed us, and will one day um, uh, rapture us and take us home to heaven with him when he comes again and make us his full visible possession and then also give us the full inheritance that is reserved in heaven for us in an unfading fashion. I long for that day, and I hope you do too. And so we pray even today, Lord, come quickly. Well, I trust this has been a help to you, uh, a little more theological today, a little more on the doctrinal side, but I trust it's given you some additional um, insight into um, the person and the being of God so that as you read through not only Ephesians 1, but other parts of Scripture, you'll continue to maintain a proper perspective of the God of God of the Bible.